Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Friday, May 13th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, fallout from the January 6th congressional subpoenas. Number two, what Republicans are saying about the impact of them. And number three, the latest on the Judiciary Security Bill. All right, Jake, happy Friday. Friday, thank the Lord. (laughs) The big story on Capitol Hill uh, is the seismic impact of the January 6th committee's decision to subpoena five GOP members of Congress, uh, including House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. And it certainly signals a new phase of political struggle on Capitol Hill, representing you know, a big issue for Republicans and Democrats with a set of uncomfortable questions over the future of the institution. We are certainly in uncharted territory and no one knows how this is going to be resolved. Let's let's start with this. They had absolutely no choice but to subpoena these members of Congress. And let's, t- let's talk about who the members of Congress are. They are McCarthy, as you said, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Jim Jordan uh, of Ohio, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, and Roe Brooks of Alabama. Uh, They are some of the lawmakers who, A, have either said they were involved, uh, at least in some way, with the um, January 6th rally at the White House, and uh, McCarthy, Jordan, has suggested that they talked to Trump that day, they talked to him frequently, uh, Scott Perry was among those who had been involved with um, introducing uh, certain people to the White House for the challenges in the states. Uh, so, okay, so they've been ignoring letters from the committee, uh, requests for voluntary appearances for months. So in a compressed timeline, um, when you're trying to get information, what do you do? You have to subpoena them. There's no other political option for the They certainly committee. weren't going to comply they before weren't. the subpoenas, yeah. right? I mean, let's just, that's the baseline case. It's been months and they have all ignored all efforts, public and private, for them to try and be helpful in this investigation. Correct. Absolutely. So... Um, the next option is a subpoena, and and we'll we'll talk in a second about the um, the impact of that and the potential fallout of that. But all of that said, um, they still not might not cooperate. And you know McCarthy and all these guys have been have been uh, eager and and uh, have frequently suggested that this committee is a sham. Well, that's an interesting analysis, but that doesn't hold much weight. I mean, the House has voted to create this committee and has given it subpoena power. So whether you believe it's a sham or not is is not really is not really a dispositive here. It's not really a a uh, a useful analysis. Now, um, okay, yes, it is unprecedented to do this. Uh, this is a non-ethics case. And a member of Congress is being compelled to testify. Um, but you know what else is unprecedented? The an insurrection, you know, with with people who have have brought in, you know, who are looking to overturn the 2020 election. That is also unprecedented. So, um, I, I you know, now I, I guess we could talk about what this 
what the ramifications are, unless you have any thoughts on on this being a sham, well, Anna. Do you have any thoughts on this be, being a sham or a not sham or a, a shem or whatever? <laughs> what do you think? You know, I, I, I think that it politically has been helpful for him, for McCarthy, to kind of push this sham theory. I, I think it... You know, yes, it is surprising that we have gotten here, I guess. I, I am surprised. I think it was unprecedented, as we've said several times now, to, to, it's to subpoena a member of their own chamber. But but maybe it shouldn't be that surprising. Let's move on to the number two story, which is really the kind of political impacts of the subpoenas on the institutions. We have what Republicans are saying. We have what Democrats are saying. And let's just let's take the Democratic, you know, kind of theory of the case right now. And I don't think that Democrats, one, did this lightly. The panel certainly didn't do it lightly. But, you know, I, Steny Hoyer said it pretty, pretty clearly. You know, his quote is, who above who of us is above the law? And, uh, you know, I, you can tell that the impact of this is going to be wide ranging. It's unclear. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast. We've talked a lot privately about just the state of play in the House between Republicans and Democrats in general, how bad it is, how kind of post-January 6th, the, the, the limited trust. I think this erodes that probably even further. There's not going to be a lot of Republicans and Democrats coming across the aisle anytime soon to help each other. But, you know, at the same point, I think Democrats feel very vindicated and, and justified, maybe is the better word, for why they, they've taken this this kind of this step. Yeah, and I, I want to delve in for a second here on the impact uh, on the institution. Now, um, there's no doubt, there should be no doubt, that this is going to have impact on the relationship between between Republicans and Democrats, as you suggested, Anna, there's uh, uh, Steny Hoyer wanted help on something yesterday on the floor, and McCarthy basically told him um, to you know pound sand, and he's not helping with ever anything anymore. Um, and so I, I that's the first thing. Number two is McCarthy and Republicans are going to take if they take the majority, they are going to take punitive action against some of these people. I mean, you can't, I could, we could just say as a baseline, Adam Schiff and, and um, uh, Eric Swalwell are probably not going to be on committees. <laughs> That's, that seems likely. Now, would he take action on Benny Thompson? I've argued um, that that's a silly move, uh, Benny. You know, at some point there, this tips over. I mean, McCarthy needs Democrats to, if he's in the majority and if he's Speaker, he'll need Democrats to do a lot, um, and he needs to think about that because his speakership is on the line if he doesn't. If he, his potential speakership is on the line if he doesn't, if he's not able to pass legislation. Um, but you know, I I just want to be clear here that th this does whether you believe it's legitimate or not and it is legitimate i mean this is a, a committee investigating the insurrection so let's just be clear it's absolutely legitimate um but that doesn't mean mccarthy is going to take this laying down and and as we talk about all the time and i mean the house is an institution where um individual political actors make decisions sometimes controversial um, that suit their political interest internally and externally. And it's not always fair, like politics, and especially in Congress, especially today, it's not fair. It's not, it's not, doesn't follow rational 
um, thought <laughs> on, uh, in a lot of ways. So, you know, do you have any thoughts on that? I think what I what I actually in in the in our coverage today the thing that I thought was interesting I just want to point out you know to your point yes you know there, there's going to be wide ranging impacts of the institution um, but I thought Representative John Kakos remember him Republican from New York who had been the person that was supposed to kind of create the deal for a bipartisan January sixth commission that McCarthy later squashed he says quote. It was exactly my fear. It's why we should have a balanced commission. Subpoenaing fellow members of Congress was exactly what I feared when you have unbalanced subpoena power in a commission. I, I, I think that that's pretty telling. I, you know, in some in some cases, this is McCarthy's making because he had he chose instead of having a committee that was going to be bipartisan. That that at the end of the day, he's he he decided against that. He went against Cackle, who had kind who had been negotiating this whole thing and kind of pulled the rug out from him. And so, in some ways, this is you know it shouldn't be that surprising for McCarthy. No, that's right. I mean, th- th- I think one of the silliest political moves of the last two years is that Republicans um, passed up on a bipartisan committee where they could have had veto power over all subpoenas and and certainly. Um, uh, visibility into what the committee was doing. So anyway, um, it is a it, it, it it's a it's a really tough to, tough place for McCarthy to be in. But you know what? I, I he probably back. does better with his base, but by by of course. by I mean, right? <laughs> but I I think I think also at the end of the day, um, if he has nothing to hide, and I know this sounds trite, but like if he has nothing to hide. He should just go in and talk to them. I mean, I know that's not popular. It's probably not popular with his base. But, you know, I don't know why they just don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I just, it, it's the easy solution here. But, you know, who am I to uh, <laughs> to to analyze, you know? Oh, well, to analyze that, I think you're, you're, <laughs> it's what we do every day. Let's move on to the number three story of the Is morning. Is that what we do every day? Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, let's I hope guess. we add we add some value here. Um, but I want to I want to move to the number three story of the morning, Jake, because it is important. Um, which is about this effort in Congress to um, act on a judiciary security bill. The House is following the Senate's lead and taking up legislation to provide police protection. For families of Supreme Court justices, um, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer announced this on Thursday night. Um, however, interestingly enough, Democrats want to go further and extend those protections to judicial clerks and court staffers if needed. Um, you know, in my mind, this is is just part of that larger security conversation. Um, and what we have seen is obviously a massively increased police presence uh, on Capitol Hill following the January 6th insurrection in terms of the number of, you know, kind of security detail that rank and file members now have. And coming out of this leaked uh, Roe versus Wade uh, draft opinion, clearly, and the and the amount of protests that are happening at the homes of judge of the justices, uh, this is just another kind of step further of kind of the need to police and protect those that are serving not only in the in Congress but now in the judiciary. Yeah, um, this is going to be a, another battle between the House and Senate. Um, the Senate passed this bill easily, I think, by unanimous consent earlier this week. I think it was earlier this week. Um, 
and uh, uh, did a, uh, you know, it was a John Cornyn, um, uh, Chris Coons bill. House is going to, it's trying to extend it to clerks, which is not a popular position among the Senate, among senators. Um, and, and they are afraid. I, I'm actually, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not convinced it passes the Senate if it includes clerks. So we'll have to see how that, how that kind of works out. Um, but all that said, uh, this is something that everyone kind of thinks is necessary and the court says is necessary, um, to provide more security for, for justices and their families. They already have security, but they need more. Obviously they, that's what they say because, uh, their houses are being picketed. So, uh, this will be just another thing added to the plate in the next couple weeks. All right, something we will continue to watch closely. With that, thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.